You know, one of the things that I love is to see um, the, the different gifts of the Holy Spirit at work in our body. And uh, I, I get as much pleasure out of uh, working with you folks like Joe in developing a sermon as I do out of preaching it myself, to be truthful. And so I just want to bless Joe today as he brings the word and look forward to seeing what God has to say through you yes. to us Amen. from uh, the word. So preach it, brother. Thank you. Praise the Lord, everybody. Yep. Everybody praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Yes, he is good. Thank you. I just love saying that because he's a good God, isn't he? Oh, I, if you're new to us today or, or just recently joined us, um, we've started at the beginning of the year a, a series, a series, sermon series called Allure, Attracting Others to Jesus. And that word allure, the first time I heard it, I thought, wow, that sounds like cologne or perfume allure, the fragrance of the Lord. You know, we can make a commercial, fragrance of the Lord, allure. But I just want us to just take a minute to get just right into it. Um, just move ahead as, as, as quickly as we can. Um, we see that in Galatians chapter 5, if you want to turn there in your Bible or on your app, please do that. And what we see here is really a clear distinction between the ways of the sinful flesh and the work of the Spirit, the work of the Holy Spirit that's inside of us. And a genuine follower of Jesus Christ lives distinctively by which one do you think? Definitely by the Holy Spirit. Amen. So let's just jump right into it, looking at Galatians chapter 5. It says here, starting at verse 19, it says, The acts of the sinful nature are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, distension, fractions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus, anybody here belong to Christ Jesus? Amen. Have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Amen. Amen. So we are on the series of the fruit of the Spirit. We just read them. Today, specifically, our focus is on kindness. Kindness. And how does kindness, how can we relate it to the people around us so that it gets the attention of them to attract them to Jesus, to want to know Jesus? There should be something that stands out about us, something that should be different, and it should be very clear to them, that fruit of kindness. Now, today... The message is called A Kind Revolution. And if you're looking on your bulletin, you can fill in this blank. Our culture right now is missing a lot of things. But one of the things is kindness. And kindness is contagious. It leaves a lasting impression on the one who sees it or receives it to repeat it. Amen? See, God made us in such a way that when we experience kindness, whether we see it, or whether we're receiving it, that there's something that happens on the inside of us that causes us to want to repeat it. But there's something that is in the heart that sometimes will either block it or extend it, and we're going to talk about that a little bit later. Now, the, 
Duplicating godly kindness doesn't come natural. It's really supernatural. It's spiritual. It's a work of his spirit inside of us. And kindness, an attribute of God, it's a desirable quality, it's not, but it's not consistently found in everybody. Now, a lot of people are kind to each other. Some of it is true, and some of it is not. You know, religion would say, yeah, you have to be kind because you're supposed to be. But when there's a genuine relationship with God and that work is inside of you, it just comes from you. It just, it's like supernatural to natural. It's just, a, it's just a flow from you. Because now this fruit, whether it's true or it's fake, is really brings it to this. We either have fruit or we have fruit loops. Which do you have? And it's pretty clear the distinction is that fruit is God-made and fruit loops is man-made. Fruit is genuine, authentic. It looks real. It is real. But fruit loops is made to look real. All right? Fruit has nutritional value, in this case, spiritual value. And fruit loops has little to no value. It might taste good at the moment, but it's not lasting or brings anything of any value. What fruit do you have? Do you have fruit or do you have fruit loops? Let's find out today. See, Jesus is here. He's the fruit inspector. He's going to check you out. And it's not in condemnation, but it's in love. And if we become so much like Jesus and take on his attributes and take on his likeness, we become a reflection of who he is. And you know, your kindness and your fruit that you give is really a reflection of your relationship with him. See, the reflection of Christ is like a sample of Christ to others around you. You see, the sample is an example of the whole thing. Anybody here like ice cream? Who doesn't like ice cream? Do you have a favorite ice cream shop? Maybe it's Ben and Jerry's. Whatever the place is, there's always that display, and you're looking through the glass. And regardless how old you are, you're still like a kid looking through that display. And even the title of the ice cream looks good, and the ingredients in that tub looks good. You're a lord to the ice cream. And it looks good. It sounds good. And then either the counter person or yourself say, do you want a sample? And you say, yeah, let's take a sample. And do you know that that spoon is like that small? Because all it is is just to take a little taste. And when you take it and you put it in your mouth, mm, yes. I don't want just this little sample, this little spoon. I want the whole thing. I want, a, I want a portion of my own. And in the same way, if we give ourselves as a sample who Jesus is and they taste and see that the Lord is good. I'm not making that up. That's in the Bible. You'll find it in Proverbs. Taste and see that the Lord is good. They're going to want their own relationship with him. Thank you, Lord. So what kind of example are we giving? What kind of sample? What are they tasting? What are, what are the people around you tasting? See, our example, our sample can have a direct impact on whether they want to know more about Christ or not. That, that, that's quite a responsibility. Let's move to 1 Corinthians 13 for just a moment. And look at your neighbor and say, don't fake the fruit. Don't fake kindness. The Apostle Paul points out here in 1 Corinthians 13, 4, that kindness is a characteristic of love. And where there is no love, there really is no genuine kindness. Let's read it. Let's read what love is. It says here, love is patient, love is kind. It is not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrong. 
Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. Love never fails. Time doesn't permit, but on the side of your Bible, you can replace that word love. You know how the Bible says that God is love? You can replace in here and put God. God is patient. God is kind. God does not envy. God does not boast. That's who he is. That's a different sermon. But here, kindness is a characteristic of love. And Paul points out that if there's love, it shows itself in many ways. And one of those ways is kindness. In fact, all of the fruit really branch out from love. So if we don't have that genuine love, we are not really going to provide fruit to the people that are around us. And where there is love, there is kindness. And generally, too, there is also joy. Joy is produced by kindness. Came across an article in Inc. Magazine or Inc.com. I'm going to read, read what they wrote here. It says there's substantial scientific evidence that being kind makes you and others around you happy. And in a study conducted by the psychology department at the University of California, students were assigned to do five acts of kindness per week for a period of six weeks. And at the end of the study, the students' level of happiness increased by 41.66%. Being kind had a profound positive effect on their happiness. And here, you know, science is trying to tell us what we've, the Bible's been telling us all along. You know, maybe that's why the Bible says it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. That, that giver, there's something that happens on the inside of you that brings happiness and joy for, just for what you did. You know? Now, where do we start? Where do we kick off this kind revolution? It really starts with you and it starts with me. It starts with us as a community. See, kindness is contagious because it leaves an lasting impression on the one who sees it or receives it to repeat it. Amen? So what are some areas? I just want to bring to you three areas, many areas, but just three, that allure, attract the attention of others to Jesus. And the first one is this. Let's go to 1 Peter 3 and then Luke 10. The first is this. We allure others to Christ with kindness through compassion. How we express compassion towards others. And if we take a biblical definition of kindness, we will find that it's the quality of compassion, generosity, a characteristic of God and his people in words and in deeds. The things we say and the things we do. Now here in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8, he's describing a community, a group of Christians. And here's what he's saying they should look like. Finally, all of you, live in harmony with one another, be sympathetic, love as brothers, be compassionate and humble. Now, moving forward here in Luke chapter 10, starting verse 25, we have the story of the Good Samaritan. Now, this lesson or this story can branch out in so many different lessons because when Jesus said something, there's so much depth and teaching to the things that he says. And here we're just going to look at the compassion aspect of this story. Let's read it together. Luke 10, 25. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. 
You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, and who's my neighbor? I think with an attitude. He'd be like, well, then who's my neighbor? So sometimes you don't get the inflection or the real, the whole story. I think it was really one of trying to be sharp, trying to be smart. So here he said, who's my neighbor? And Jesus replied, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and when he fell in the hands of robbers, they stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. And a priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by the other side. So to a Levite, a worker in the, con- in the synagogue, when he came to the place, he also saw him pass by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came to where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He had compassion on him. He went to him, bandaged his wounds, poured on the oil and wine. Then he put the man on the donkey and took him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two silver coins and gave it to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any expense that you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor? Okay, who was being verse 27 to this man? Who was being a neighbor to the man who fell in the hands of the robbers? And the expert of the law said, the one that had mercy on him, the one that had compassion on him. And Jesus told him, go and do likewise. What, the, what was going on with the priest and the Levite? What couldn't they get over? What did the Samaritan have that he was able to express this? It really was just a, a matter, an issue of the heart. There's a distinction between compassion and kindness and a heart that has no compassion, no kindness, no love. Love your neighbor as yourself. Care for somebody as you would want to be cared for if you were in that situation. Kindness is helping someone who can never return the favor. Whatever the act of kindness, the act of kindness is not because the other person can't, but it's because we can. We can. And it's not every day that we're going to come across walking down the road or the street and find somebody that was beaten, robbed, and left for dead. That's not going to always happen. But there are opportunities when there's people that are in need, right? You know, I had a unique situation that seemed to be right after a a study of this passage. It's a number of years back. So I'm driving down the road, and the weather started to turn, and it began to rain. And not just drizzle. It was coming down. And so I see this man on the sidewalk, and no, he wasn't beaten. He wasn't left for dead. But he looked like he was going to get wet and wet bad. So I felt for him, and I thought, well, what could I do? Okay, maybe I'm not inviting him in my car. I'm not sure who he is, but what else can I do? So I thought, I'll give him my umbrella. So I grabbed my umbrella. I put the window down. I said, sir, I said, here, take this umbrella. You need this. I said, and this is, it's free. It's like God's love for you. It's free. God loves you. And so he took the umbrella, thankfully, happy, opened it, and that was it. And I, as I drove off, I thought, wow, that was really cool. That was pretty unique. I like that. So I had an idea. I thought, I'm going to load up my car with umbrellas. <laughs> and that was the start of my umbrella ministry. I called it, God's got you covered. <laughs> so we may not see someone on the road needing an umbrella, but we do see opportunities. We just have to see it and act on it. And there's just some basic, real simple things, real easy. 
You know, Mother Teresa said this really well. She said this, in life we cannot always do great things, but we can do small things with great love. With love. Like opening the door for someone in love. I love you. I'm opening this door for you. And they might walk by and they might not even say thank you. Did that ever happen to you? But you open the door. That was good. I did my act of kindness. <laughs> you know, even smiling. Smiling is huge. Smiling is big. In fact, did you know that it's the longest word in the dictionary? Yeah, because there's a mile between the S and the E. You didn't know that? <laughs> You're going to repeat that at work. I know you are. Yep. So do this. Do me a favor. Just go ahead and, like, for just a second, don't look anywhere just but up here. Like, think of, like, just a mean look on your face and then look at the person next to you that you came with. Just look at them. Look at them mean. Even growl, whatever you're going Okay? Okay, now look back up here now. Now, think of warmth. Think of love. Think of joy. Think, think of the goodness of the Lord. Now look at that same person and give them a loving, kind smile. Do you see the difference? We should be some of the most smiling people on the face of this planet because God gave us joy. God gave us kindness. God gave us peace. And regardless of the circumstance situation, we really should be walking through our day at work, at school, on campus, wherever, with a smile. And then I think people, that can just get their attention. Ask, why are you always smiling? Well, I'm glad you asked. Do you really want to know? And there's an open door to talk about God with somebody. Simple things. Someone looks discouraged, give them an encouraging word. Someone comes to your mind, send them a text message. Give them a phone call. Buy someone a coffee. Shake somebody's hand. Give them a hug. Simple things. You know, even being a compassionate listener, just listening. Sometimes that's all we really need is just somebody to listen compassionately, engaged in with you. And kindness, whether it's big or small, the effect is the same. It really makes a difference. And do you know what? Here's a challenge. Do you, if you think of it this way, if we were to take one different person each day, one different person each day, and just share some fashion of kindness in the span of the year, you've touched 365 lives at least. May, let that be your challenge. Let that be your style of umbrella ministry. Be creative with your kindness. What can you do for one different person each day to show kindness, to show God's love? To show God's love. Kindness is contagious. It leaves a lasting impression on the one who sees it or receives it to repeat it. Now, let's move over to Luke chapter 6, verse 45. And the Lord has got to help me speak faster. Oh, I just looked at the clock. Lord Jesus. So the second is this. We allure others to Christ with kindness through words. Yes, through our words. Because words, they can discourage or they can encourage they can insult or they can compliment. They can be destructive or constructive. Our words can be used to abuse or to praise. They can be used to express hate or to express love. How have we been using our words? How did we use our words this past week? How did we even use our words this morning? Hmm. You see, much of the words we choose, what we say and when we say them, is a reflection of the condition of the heart. And in fact, you know, even the way we carry ourselves, what we say and what we do, could even be a reflection of where we are in our relationship with God. Because if our relationship with God is not right this way, it's going to be trouble this way. How many know what I'm talking about? Here in Luke 6, 
the good man brings good things out of the good stored in his what? Heart. And the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored in his what? Somebody talk to me. For out of the overflow of the what? The mouth speaks. And the interesting thing here is Luke's pointing out that whether, the act, whether it's good or bad, it's all out of the condition of the person's heart. Do you know why you said what you said? It was because it was in your heart. Yes. Do you know why you did what you did? It's because it was in your heart. And please understand, it's not condemnation. You know, where there's God's presence, there's, there's grace. Right? I heard someone say that the words you speak become the house that you live in. Our words have an impact on us and our surroundings. Words, either good or bad, it gets the attention of the person hearing it, whether it's positive or negative. And check this. Words may be spoken only once. What you say can only be said once, but it can echo in the mind of the person that was hearing it. How many know what I'm talking about? How many know that, you know, you heard somebody told you something, said something to you that's been echoing in your mind for months, for a year, for years, right? I got to move on. Mm-mm-mm. Praise the Lord. The work of the Holy Spirit transforms our heart. Yes, it's as if we're just a different creation, a different person. I had an interesting experience yesterday. How, how, where are all the young people? Raise your hand. You're, you're a teenager. You're a young adult. Okay, you're young at heart. Raise your hand. Go ahead. Okay. So yesterday, I, had, I didn't know that this really existed, but there was this app on the iPad. It's a face swap. How many know what I'm talking about? So if you don't know what I'm talking about, you have homework today. Find face swap, and you'll see what I'm talking about. For those that have experience, you're going to get this. So for the first time, I'm sitting next to my wife, and my cousin brings over this, uh, his iPad, and it's a face swap. And I'm like, okay, what's, you know, what's really going to happen? Face swap? I don't understand what you mean. But all of a sudden, me and my wife's face is swapped right here. And I, and, and I, thought, I laughed. I thought that was really funny. So it's really entertaining. So I don't know if it cost anything or anything. But this morning, as I'm praying, I was thinking, Lord, it's like, we swapped our faces, but you know what? That was still me, but I looked like my wife. And he says, you know what? It's still you, but I look like you. Christ is in you. You're still you, but you're becoming to look more and more like Christ. Oh, isn't that good? I hope that gets you like it got me. So do you know we have opportunity to give, is that clock wrong? Do we have opportunity to give <laughs> we have opportunity to give uh, kindness. We really do. And the kindness that we can give, it doesn't even require a lot of time. Do you know God gave us 86,400 seconds in a day? Yeah, 86,400 in one day. And do you know that it only takes one second to say thank you or I love you or good job or you look great? It, it even takes less than a second. I timed it. So just look at the person next to you and say, you look great. How'd that feel? You know, it may have felt good to say it, and it may have even felt good to hear it. So the point is that we ought to give our words of praise, give our words of encouragement, give our words of kindness. That's who God has designed us to be. And I'm going to move. I'm going to skip some things. Okay. There's, the Bible says in Proverbs that there's life and death in the power of the tongue. And if we have those encouraging words, we ought to say them. We ought to say it. We ought to give it to them. 
Now, moving along. Um, if we move over to Ephesians chapter 4, I want to look something at this. So far we have kindness through compassion, kindness through our words, and the third is this. We allure others to Christ with kindness through conflict. What? Conflict? Yes, conflict. How we deal with others during difficult times, during disagreements, during arguments, during conflict. And here in Ephesians 4.32, the first thing it says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ God forgave you. You know, God extended kindness to us. He extended forgiveness to us. He's really looking to see if we would extend it to other people. And I know it takes effort, but learn. Yes, learn to love with all your heart, even through the unlovable sides of people. Do you know anybody like that? You know, anyone can love a rose, but it takes a great heart to include the thorns. A rose is beautiful. Roses are beautiful. But do you know it has thorns too, right? Let's face it. There will be times in conflict and situations with each other. You know, right now you may have been thinking of a coworker. You might still have somebody at school. You might be thinking of a neighbor, a family member. And, you know, you might have even gotten to the point where you've said and thought just some really negative things about that person. And you made time to do that. An interesting thing, here's a zinger. You made time to judge them. You had time to love them. And I think which you think God wants us to do. Yeah, love them. We're in this together. Let God just transform our heart to do what, what he wants us to do. And if we look at, uh, we look at this in this way, that a great man or a great woman shows his greatness through the way he treats others with kindness or in difficult times. If we turn to James chapter 1, kindness is like a symbol of the heart. Your kindness is an expression of what's on the inside of you. And perhaps it's like a trophy or a plaque, I think, kindness. Because one of the greatest victories that you can gain is to handle conflict with kindness. And it doesn't mean that you're weak, but it just means that you make control of control. You gain, take control of yourself and what you say and what you do. Because we're not going to always have control of the situation. We're not going to have control of what people say. We're not going to have control of what people do. We're not going to have control of the situation. But there are some things that we have control of. Here, James 1, 19 says, My dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. For man's anger does not bring the righteous life that God desires. Now, being angry in and of itself is not a sin. It's an emotion. Something happens, you're angry. And then some things, there should be some righteous indignation, right? But it's what the anger could bring that is, could be not desirable to the Lord. There's a distinction. But we have control. Now, what is put inside of an engine to make it run? Thank you. Oil is put in it. It's so that the, the parts that are working together will not bind up, will not freeze, will not seize, they won't break. Because without it, there's high pressure, there's, there's friction, there's intense heat, and I probably just described some of your arguments with people, all right? But when the oil is there, they work together. It reduces the friction so that it can work. Do you know how often we're supposed to check the oil in our car? Does anybody know? Do you know if you were to open up the owner's manual, it says that you're supposed to check the oil every time you get gas. But do we do that? Some of you are going to go into your glove box and get the owner's manual. 
And if your car is like from 1980 and newer, it'll probably say that. But what, do we check our fruit? Do we check? I don't know. God gave me just this word, fresh fruit. I don't know what that's going to mean to you, but God, I feel, just spoke it, fresh fruit. Do we have, are we displaying fresh fruit? You know, can we examine the fruit and is it fresh? And if it isn't, are we walking around in our day with older fruit, right? Our fruit should be new every morning. Make time in the morning and say, God, renew me. Renew that fruit in me. Let what I have, the sample I have, be fresh for everybody. Not something stale or has a little rotten spot or a worm ready to come out. I don't know. That was extra. <laughs> and here's the thing. If we disagree, disagree with kindness. And we have to hold on to that fruit because people are going to test you. They're going to test your fruit. You ever have a ring that was stuck on your finger and you can't, couldn't get it out? What did you do? You, you oiled it up. It, it, that what was stuck now came off. You have a door that's squeaking. What do you do? You sprayed something in it, WD-40. Just even that small layer of oil made it operate so much better. So here in this instance with, with others, we spray WD-40 or JC-40, and it'll just be, you know, pray it. I pray it. And, you know, when people are going to test you, I don't know. Maybe we have to throw fruit at them. Oh, I'm going to throw kindness at you. Oh, I'm going to throw peace at you. I'm going to throw patience at you in love. In love. Because people are going to test you. Hold on to it. And I know you're probably thinking, you know, this one person that I know, I don't know if kindness is going to work. But you know what? God works. And we pray about it. When we work, we work. But when we pray, God works. That's what he does. And when we have kindness in those situations, we're walking in step with the Holy Spirit, as Galatians says. We walk in step with his spirit. And every action, every word will have a taste or a flavor of grace. And the environment in that situation will be one of grace. And that environment will have the presence of God. Oil to work together. We're going to work this out and the outcome is going to be good. And do you know God's way is always higher than our ways? Righteousness will always prevail. And it might not look at it at the moment, but righteousness and God's way will always prevail in the end. Wouldn't you want that? I think so. So in wrapping this up today, we are on one. Look, kindness through compassion, kindness through our words, kindness through times of conflict. There we allure. People will see this and know that it is something different. It will be a sample, a taste that they'll want to know Christ for themselves. Amen? I have a video that I want to show, and then we'll conclude. But in this video, watch how the people witnessed kindness carried and then carried on that kindness. Let's go ahead and play it. 